0: Hi, I am Dissi Obanda and this is Winning at Law, a podcast that celebrates excellence in the legal profession. Here, we spotlight Africa's greatest legal minds and highlight the nuances that make them who they are. This gentleman joined the legal profession after being inspired by James Orengo's speech at the burial of the late Jeremiah Ginga Odinga. Six months into practice at the state law office, and he goes up against the man that inspired him to join the profession. Emmanuel Bita has gone ahead to rise in rank over his 18 years of practice as a state attorney and is now chief state counsel overseeing the Department of Public Law. He has been awarded the presidential accolades of Order of the Grand Warrior and Moran of the Burning Spear and was named Public Sector Lawyer of the Year at the Third Nairobi Legal Awards. Good afternoon, sir. Good afternoon. Emmanuel (laughs) Vita, OGW, (laughs) MVS. Good afternoon and very welcome to our podcast.
1: thank 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 you very much for having me.
0: Yeah, it's such an honor to have you. In preparation for this podcast, I had the opportunity to look through a short profile of yours, and it is stunning. You have done a lot within the Office of the Attorney General. But before we get there, I'd just like for you to um, tell the audience a little bit about your journey into the practice of law. I understand that you have basically just practiced at the Attorney General's office. Yes. Yes. So yes. T- Tell us about it.
1: Let me say that I was admitted to the bar in uh, the month of October 2003.
0: Where and did you do your LLB?
1: I studied my degree in uh, in India. Yes, I I was called to do uh, what is called engineering at at Agitom, um, mm-hmm. agricultural, but I didn't want to do it. So I said, I'm, I'm only going to study law, and so my parents decided to sponsor me to study law where they could afford. So I studied law there, came to law school. Um, after finishing law school, I applied uh, to join the AG's office, and I was taken.
0: I'm 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 tempted to just ask a little more about. I mean, I keep hearing about lawyers who studied in 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 India. I think you might be the first one that I'm interviewing. Okay. Um. What are the comparisons between? Um. How do you think that set you up studying law in India vis-a-vis studying law here?
1: I don't know. I don't know how to compare it because I also studied masters here. Mm-hmm. You know, the law the law in most of these Commonwealth countries are fairly. The content, in terms of content, is, is the same thing. So it's the context might be a little bit different, but I think the the countries are more like similarly situated in terms of social and political and uh, economic development. So it is, to me, I don't think there's much difference. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's much difference, but I would say that um, they are slightly ahead in terms of the content of the jurisprudence. So you'd find uh, a lot of the decisions being cited around because they are more i don't know I think maybe they're more experienced at uh, at, at at development of jurisprudence. I think that's that's the only difference I would say that there and then because of the um uh, intellectual property rights are not very it's not very rigid, so you find a lot of publications, you find a lot of materials mm-hmm. uh you would find. They have a culture of writing. You find many judges and many um, professors publishing books and articles. So I think in terms of uh, knowledge, um, preservation and uh, dissemination, they've got more resources. Because you find uh, in Kenya here, people are still, they've not really taken up the, the practice of reducing their experiences into books so that future generations can... Can benefit from it. Can benefit. And I remember I had a conversation with the former CJ and telling him that, you know, CJ, we have a problem because you find there are judges who have spent their entire career in the judiciary, they retire, and they don't reduce their experiences into books so that uh, other people other learn people. from it.
0: Exactly. Yes. And I, well, for us, this is why we have this podcast. Yes. It's um, a different avenue to reduce all these stories into. You know something that somebody else can take um, okay. and 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 learn from. Um, so yes, you said you you went to India, came back, um, went to law school, yes, um, got admitted to the bar, and then went straight to state law office. Yes. So tell us about your your one your choice of state law office and your experience up until
1: now. Now I never thought of practicing in the state law office. What happened is one of our lecturers at the Kenya School of Law at that time was uh, was a lady who was in the litigation department at the AG's office mm-hmm. so she came to teach us a uh, civil procedure and she was a polite lady and uh, I found she had a lot of content yes so I got the mind you know I got the idea that I should apply and join uh, the state law office mm-hmm. and uh, because I didn't have I didn't have friends or relatives or you know, maybe former schoolmates who were practicing. Yes. And uh, therefore I approached, uh, my introduction to the profession was with a very clean slate. I didn't know many of the big firms. Yes. Of course I would read articles here and there by Kenapita Peter Waiyaki from HHM at that time.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: But I, was, I wasn't really into- Into practice. Into, yes. Okay. But now when, when I had this lady, now that I got an idea, why can't I apply to to, to join the AGES office? Okay. And uh, I applied, went for the interview and was, was taken to the civil litigation department. All right. Yeah, and that's where I've been all this while.
0: <laughs> <laughs> that's um, about 18 years. Yes. About 18 years. So you've been there for a while, you've risen, um, risen in rank. Yes. Would you mind telling our audience what your rank is?
1: Your designation is now. I'm a a chief state counsel. Yes, just just below the deputy solicitor general in terms of ranking. Wow, of course, there are many positions that you have to go. I joined as a state counsel, two promoted state counsel, one senior state counsel, principal state counsel, senior principal state counsel, deputy chief, the now chief.
0: Wow, and and Actually, that was gonna be, you know, like my next question. That's not information. I'm not sure that it's information that's open to the public, or rather, I, it's not information that I had. I really wanted to know what the structure of the state law office is, um, um, you know, in terms of like work opportunities.
1: Um, now, the way the way the office is structured, the office is more like structured more le- more like a ministry, where yes. we have we have um, we have departments. Like in the AGES office, we have uh, departments basically dealing with different aspects of the law. We have uh, the legislative uh, department that deals with the drafting of uh, government uh, bills and subsidiary uh, regulations and uh, legal notices, Mm -hmm. gazette notices. Then we have a department that deals with international law. They more or less deal with our international treaties, the advice on those kind of commitments. Then we have a department that deals with government transactions. That is the contracts, you know, they evade contracts, they advise, they negotiate on government contracts, both locally and internationally. Then we have us, the court lawyers, the civil litigation department that represents uh, the government in court, uh, both locally and internationally. Then we have uh, the registrar general, that deals with more or less the regulatory affairs. For example, they deal with uh, the registrar societies is there. They have uh, the registrar of... um, Companies? No, Companies have slightly moved out. Okay. It is now under the business registration services, though it's under the umbrella of the the AGES office. Okay. But it's like a state corporation now under under the AGES office. All right. Um, Then we have... uh, which other department can I? Th- we have the Advocates Complaints Commission mm-hmm. that deals with uh, complaints uh, uh, against ad- practicing advocates. Yes. Which other department can I think of? I think those are the ones I can think of. Yeah. Now we have the Public Trustee that deals with administration of properties of deceased persons.
0: Excellent. So you had the litigation bit
1: of things. Now litigation is divided into three. Okay. We have uh, public law. That is what I do. Then we have private law that deals with uh, commercial, commercial cases and uh, civil claims against the government. Then we have what we call the now the specialized courts section that deals with labor and employment and land and environment issues.
0: It's safe to say that um, when the government is sued. On matters um, international law, you are the guy on the other side. You are the guy that takes on the beef.
1: Not necessarily. We we share. We share the uh, because what happens sometimes, depending on the magnitude of the case. Yes. The those of us who have been there fairly longer now can we're not really restricted to the divisions and the sections. Yes. So we we take up matters depending on uh, depending on what others are handling.
0: Okay. Yes. Um. So, um, does your role have an administrative, um, side to it? Yes, or? it does. Okay. Yes,
1: there, are, there are uh, several lawyers work under me. I supervise them. Yes. So I and also the support staff, I have a number that I supervise. Who
0: is the state when 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 we say you're a state lawyer, you're an an attorney or counsel for the state. Who in particular do you represent? Because looking at your profile, you know there are issues: teacher strikes, issues, doctors' strikes, issues, mining. You know all of that is the state. So what's what's the definition of the state?
1: The 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 state is uh, more or less the totality of government. Okay. Because um, we represent the judiciary. If, for example, a judicial review case is instituted against a magistrate we get instructions from the chief registrar of the judiciary to represent the judiciary, the judiciary being an arm of the Kenyan government. Yes. And we also, I would say, represent the national uh, i mean, parliament because when people challenge constitutionality of an act, it is the AG now who comes to defend the, their legislative actions. Yes. And we also represent the national executive in terms of the ministries. And we also represent parastatals. Yes. And and and, and uh, some independent commissions that seek our assistance to represent them. So, the state is broadly, you know, public entities. Public entities that um, perform government functions.
0: I'd like to talk a little bit about the work that you've done. Okay. It's quite extensive. You have, um, you know, participated in a couple of very high profile, both... Local and international cases. Do you mind telling us a couple of your highlights?
1: There are many. You know, <laughs> it's, it's it's different when you look at cases. You know, there are some cases for somebody that might be big. For us, there might be routine. Yes. Um. One of the things that uh, many people usually don't don't appreciate is that when it comes to commercial cases, for instance, the government, in terms of the amount of money. The biggest contracts are done by the government, so you would find um, state councils at a very young age in the in the profession being exposed to big claims because government government contracts are huge. <laughs> they're huge. Yes, they're,
0: they're high value. Yeah, they're, um, yes, they're um, high value contracts.
1: I've done cases across. In fact, I've done on well, most of the fields in law, apart from criminal law, because I've done employment cases, I've done commercial cases, I've done civil ones, I've done constitutional. Let me the highlight money. a few. I, yes. I
0: saw the um, Kotec Mining. Yes. I think Kotec Mining and Sterling.
1: Uh, yes, it was, yes it, it, it was Kotec Mining. In fact, it started here, the High Court. Yes. So I did the High Court matter. Uh, we won. Yes. They went to the Court of Appeal. We won. Yes. Uh, at that time, the...
0: The issue was the revocation of a mining license.
1: Yes, it was revocation of mining licenses. Yes. And the claim, the claim was huge. Claim was about, I think. 6.4
0: trillion? Yes. Yes.
1: Crazy amounts of money.
0: Yeah, I'm not sure I know how to write (laughs) that in numbers.
1: Yes. So so Uh I did it at the High Court and the Court of Appeal. Yes. Then they took us to ICSID, the International Center for Settlement of Investment Disputes. Yes. And we had. Where uh, does
0: that sit? London?
1: Um, It doesn't sit specifically at a place. It is where the parties agree. Okay. Uh, It is where the parties agree, but we had the hearings in Dubai. Oh. That was the first instance. Then uh, when they lost, they appealed. Yes. So we went for the appeal also, and uh, they also lost in the appeals. It was a long one, that one.
0: Yes, and I see, I think the hearing, was it the hearing of the appeal was done during COVID?
1: Yes, it was done online. It was done online? Yes, the appeal was online.
0: What was that experience? Because I mean, we here we are um digitizing our judicial systems. This is an international case that's happening online, um one with huge value um happening during Covid. What was your experience then?
1: It was a good experience. I think they were used to it. They'd gotten their systems a little bit right on it. But you see, when you deal with those kind of cases, you're <laughs> you're more or less dealing with issues of liability. Your mind is fixed on. How do I make sure that we don't lose this? Yes. Yes. So your concentration is a little bit more on 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 the substance of the case than than how it's going. But it was a good experience. It was a good learning experience. Yes,
0: yes. and a good win.
1: And a very good win. Yes. Yes. Because had we lost, it, we would have been in big trouble.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and it it when 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 I read that, it 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 made me ask the question: How often does the state win?
1: <laughs> the state wins a lot of cases. Yes. A lot of cases because many people are surprised. For example, we, on an annual basis, yes, we conclude about 1,200 cases. Conclude. Conclude.
0: 1,200 cases.
1: Cases.
0: So these are cases that may have started uh, five, 10 years yes, ago. Yes, yes. But they are concluded annually. Yes. 1,200.
1: 1,200. Excellent. But when the state loses one or two cases, you probably find four or five. People have that perception yes. that the state is not winning. Yes. But even you need to look at it scientifically, I mean, what is the sample size? But mm. Because you know the problem is the state is not in the habit of publishing its wins. Yes. Yes. And even if it were to do so, it, those are not newsworthy. People will not buy uh, that kind of news. So we have a problem in terms of. Of the correct information going out, out there yes, in terms of of, of how many wins uh, for example I, I I give my own example that I remember when uh, the the administration of President Kebaki was drawing to a close, some of us were looking at our own individual performance yes, and I had uh, an uh, uh, almost ninety five percent success rate in the judicial review wow ninety five percent
0: so <laughs> yeah, that's definitely not something that w- that we hear.
1: Yeah, you people don't get to hear that.
0: Where where's this statistic? Mm. Where would this statistic be? Would it be on the state law office website? Does it exist?
1: The the you know recently because of the new constitutions and the requirements for transparency and accountability. Yes. On an annual basis, on an annual basis, when the AG's office is called to Parliament to defend their budget, uh-huh. Parliament needs data. Yes. What are you doing? What are your achievements? How can we, you know... So that information is available for those who are wishing, those who, who are desirous of... Because we report. Yes. Nowadays, the the public demands that for us to put resources, you must, you must tell us what you're doing.
0: Excellent. Yes. As a state law office, you know, it is your duty to represent government every time. Do you receive bad briefs? Is there a brief that you receive... And you're like, you know, perhaps can we settle this brief or, you know, this is not going to win. This is not going to, um, there's not much of a case here.
1: Yeah, that, that, that you do. Like any other lawyer, you get that. And uh, from where I said, I think it's, it's always important to distinguish the client from the lawyer. Yes. Because um, just like any other any other person, you can advise somebody on the strengths of their case but they believe that you should go on with it. Yeah. And because the case is theirs, you, you just have to go on with it. So those are there. And, and the state is, is so huge. <laughs> and uh, of course, you would get people who make wrong decisions just from the sheer volume of work that people do. And, and uh, one of the things that many people have never appreciated about the differences of the three arms of government and yes. the interaction with the law You will find that, um, in most instances, the executive deals with situations even where the law has not been settled. Yes. Where they must make decisions and there is no law. Yes. Unlike legislature, which people get problems and then they legislate to deal with those problems. Yes. The judiciary now comes at the tail end when things have already happened. So you find most of these institutions act with the benefit of hindsight that the executive does not have. Yes. And and you will find now the executive must, they make assumptions, they project the actions based on their interpretation of the law, which may or may not be exactly what the law says, but in fairness, if you're judging the three arms, you would uh, be more understanding if you appreciate that uh, most or some of the decisions that they have to make, they don't have the benefit of hindsight. Yeah, they don't yeah.
0: have they don't have the benefit of what was it, policy or structure.
1: Yes, there are contemporary issues. emerging. for example, COVID. Yes, yes, you know these are not things that people had. anticipated. Yes, yes, but you must make decisions that will affect people's lives, that will affect other people's rights.
0: That must mean that when the the the, the state is always on its defence.
1: Most of the times. Yeah, you're Most the respondent the a lot of the time. In yes. in in,
0: in, yes. in these cases. Yes. Excellent. Still, I'll I'll just ask again: Is there a particular, whether it's a particular case or a particular body of law that you really enjoy, or um, that you have done, and that you say, um, "This this is my life's work." <laughs>
1: I wouldn't say, it, but I I think constitutional law and administrative law is particularly enjoyable because it is always evolving. And like uh, commercial law, where the principles were set, you know, they've been established for for a while. For a while, yes. And uh, when we have, for example, like the new constitution, where we are developing law by litigating on practically all the articles and sub-articles. Yes. You will find it very challenging because no two cases are the same. And Mm. you have to research, you must give your own perspectives, you know, it is an interesting field. Yeah. Yes.
0: Okay. Mm. So you've done almost um, 18 years in state law office. Yes. I'm tempted to ask you if you'd like to diversify. (laughs)
1: I have had, I've had, I've had even there's some judges who have told me a bit of crossover and um, some colleagues have told me, a bit of, why don't you try the private sector and make a little bit more money? But um, there are things that I would say that uh, it's not been a compelling. A compelling um,
0: you don't feel compelled to leave? Yes. Do you feel compelled to stay?
1: No, I don't think I'm compelled to stay. I think it's more like um getting used to it. Yes. You, you you get used to it and um I wouldn't say it's a comfort zone.
0: No, because there's always something new.
1: Yes, there there, 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 there are challenges. There, there are there are challenges. Um, I don't know. I I I live life by the day. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I like to hear that. Yes. Um you are the recipient of a award of uh, public service lawyer of the year at the, I think, I believe, the third Nairobi Legal Awards. Yes. What did that award mean to you? Why do you think that you were singled out for it? Um, Do you just have like a natural penchant towards public service? What is it?
1: No, I don't don't think I have a natural penchant towards public service. For some reason, I just like the practice of law. It is not something intellectual. I, I didn't sit down and say between A, B, C, D. There are things that I would say is intuitive. You know, you just... Find yourself...
0: In it and...
1: Liking it and... uh,
0: Enjoying it and getting good at it.
1: Yes. And if somebody asks you for an explanation, you can't offer. (laughs) (laughs) You can't offer, yes. So it is something I like. I like, I like court work. I like practice. It is something that I would do, not necessarily for money, but as part of life.
0: As part of life. Yes. Do you know why you are, you know, singled out for that award?
1: I wouldn't know because it is others (laughs) who judged. (laughs) I wouldn't know.
0: And uh, and others that nominated you. Yes. I, I, I you know, did a bit of homework and I asked, you know, what was it about Emmanuel Bitter that led the jurors to feel like um, you are the best person for the award? And one of the things that came out very strongly was that you are very easy to work with, that everyone that was interviewed as a referee said, this person is very easy to work with. He works very well with everybody. Is that news to you?
1: <laughs> no, that's, that's 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 beautiful to hear. Yeah, yeah, because I even the people I supervise, I've always told them that um, my view of law is law is an art. You know, it's it's not a mechanical work. You know, you're not like in a production line in a factory, and uh, art requires some space to express yourself.
0: Exactly, it has a soul.
1: Yes, yes. So if somebody enjoys their work, they tend to do it better. So maybe that's why, because my view has always been: give people space to to express themselves in the manner that they like.
0: Wonderful. The mm. the other thing I had is he's his abs, and which I agree with, he's absolutely understated, um, but he's such a force to reckon with. Your in your profile, um, I think that you submitted to the awards. You, I'm I'm, I'm going to read it for the audience to hear. You said, I am a recipient of the presidential award of Order of the Grand Warrior for my modest service to the state. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Very modest. And now you're not just OJW, but you're MBS as well. Yes. Yeah. Um, you know, to shed light on MBS. That is Moran of the Burning Spear. Yes. Was there a particular assignment that led to you getting um, that presidential commendation.
1: I've done. I've done a number of them. Uh, I've done a number of them. I wouldn't tell which specific one, but maybe it's the last one that I did. The one dealing with the tribunal inquiring into the inability of Justice Gatumba. Maybe it's that one. But I've I've had several presidential assignments. Excellent. Yes.
0: Excellent. Um, so you've talked about um, really um, as you oversee or as you work with your team, you love to give them space to express themselves. I have known you for about 10 years yes. in the world of moot courts and moot court competitions. And you're always judging moots. I know that you also draft um, or help to draft compromis. Yes. The, the compromis is the essentially the question, the case, yes. um, that students go to to argue. Why you a mooter in school? Is this um an interest that came along the way? Is it your way of giving back to society? What is it? What's this your 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 interest and your passion about moot court competitions?
1: No, I did I didn't moot in school. In fact I That's rather shocking. I I I was introduced to moot by my friend Mr. Simeo. <laughs>
0: We shall make sure that Mr. <laughs> Simiu hears this. Yes, because... Mr. Simiu is the head of uh, the manager legal clinics yes. and moot court at Kenya School of Law.
1: So uh, we'd done some cases with him. Yes. And then he gave me a call. He says, hey, Manuel, I want you to come for... I said, ah, let me come. And so I got into it. He's the one who introduced me into it. It's it's, it's very fulfilling, particularly if you see the potential of most of the mooters. Yes, And um, I don't know why... Law firms don't do it, but if I was I was um, a senior partner in a law firm, I would be recruiting from from moot courts.
0: But you are a senior, a, a senior, um, not partner, but a senior player within state law office. Yes. Um, do you take on students that have a mooting background? We
1: do, we do, we we do that. Mm-hmm. Particularly people age, we give them. We I have tried to the best of my ability to take in as many. As possible,
0: with a, with a, those that have a mooting background. Yes, because I know them. You know, yes. you you
1: if you can vote for somebody, it exactly, it's easy for them to be considered. Yes, and uh, it is a rich, it is a rich uh, recruitment ground for 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 practicing advocates. Yes, yes,
0: I think we were saying before the podcast that the young and upcoming lawyers have quite the opportunity to get into the law. Just by participating in moot court competitions, yes. and um, your job is essentially the dream job for for anyone who is interested in public international law or um, even um, you know law around um, Africa and regional law.
1: It definitely is. In fact, giving my own experiences, I have uh, I have practiced in the East African Court, that is both in the first instance division and in the appellate division. I've practiced in the African Court. I have practiced in international um, commercial arbitrations. I have colleagues who have practiced in uh, Comesa. There are some who have even gone to the High Court in Tanzania and practiced there on the special leave of the Chief Justice of Tanzania. Mm -hmm. So in terms of exposure, I think the AGES office gives somebody a very good platform to get international exposure.
0: so following with that for a younger person that is looking for pupillage or is looking for, to begin their legal career and you know might not be too interested in working in a law firm or going to an NGO and they want to come to state law office what's the you know what's the piece, procedure what's it like for them to come in and uh grow up the the ranks like you have
1: um oh. My advice would be they should come as pupils because the practice at the AGES office is if you're taken uh, during the pupillage, they rotate you around all the departments. Okay. So you get a feel of the different areas of law that you would find appealing or not appealing to you. So that when you make a decision thereafter, it is, it is an informed decision. Uh, I don't think many people who join the profession have a view of... The landscape of law, a very broad one. Mm-hmm. Uh, many of them want to make money. Many. Well, we,
0: you know, a lot of us were told, be become a lawyer and be rich and make money. So.
1: <laughs> so I think that's that's. If if that is the driving force, you will not join the AGES office. <laughs> Most oh, of them will join. Word. Okay. Will, will join the private sector mm-hmm. and make and make money. Mm-hmm. But if you want to specialize in a particular field of law, the AGES office would give you, because you see there are different departments with different... There are people who don't like going to court, so they would come and choose and join the regulatory uh, offices, or they will join the drafting department, or they can even join government transactions, so that they'll just be drafting, approving, and negotiating contracts. So the choices are there.
0: You know, if you're looking for money, not so much, but if you're looking for a rich diverse um, career with lots of exposure, then the state law office is... Yes, it is is,
1: is definitely a good place. It's
0: a good place. Um, I want to talk a little bit about uh, the politics of the country and transitions and how or whether that has any effect on the state law office. We've just had a national um, election. Yes. We have a new sort of incoming uh, government. Yes. Is there any import on how state law office um um runs
1: um now this i'll just give you my own personal views yes my my personal views is that law law is essentially codified politics when when somebody goes to the electorate he goes with an agenda a proposal he says my views on these issues the social issues are a b c and d and this is what i want to do and in an open and democratic uh, country like ours the people vote on that. Mm -hmm. So when you choose that person, you have more or less ratified his political agenda, his policies and his programs. And uh, therefore he has a right to, when he comes into government, to give effect to his political agenda. So he can change uh, policy, he can engage parliament to change the law so that they give, the align with this political agenda. So those of us who have been going for a long time, understand that. So we are flexible in terms of, because you know, that right is from the people and uh, being a democratic country. I mean, they've earned, they've earned the right to, to effect those changes, whether you agree or you don't agree with them. But in a democracy, that's just the way, that's just the way it works. So I don't think there will be much resistance, but there is a lot of alignment to give effect uh, because it will be very dishonest for you to try and frustrate somebody who has that kind of mandate from the people in a democratic process.
0: Wonderful. But what about um, in terms of the structure of the office? I know there are technocrats and then there are political... Yes, they are the political heads. um, Yes, political appointments. Yes. Um, which are the political? Um,
1: the political ones are the state ones. officers. That is the solicitor general and the AG. Okay. Those ones are usually change because um, it is important that the people who occupy those offices have the confidence of of the incumbent. So those ones change, and we expect that uh, when an incumbent, uh, when a new president comes in or a new executive comes in, they will make. Their, their preferences they'll make changes in terms of choices yes
0: but the rest the, the structure remains the same work remains yes, the same
1: work remains the same unless now the new people come and restructure it because they can also come and say i want to change these departments mm-hmm. i want them to operate uh, differently they they can still do that
0: before we started this uh, podcast you mentioned something you said oh i don't feel like i have worked a day in my life yes so when will you start working <laughs> When will you start working, cancer? No,
1: I, 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 I was, I was just expressing my views that I have not, you know, like, um, I've never gotten the feeling. Yes. That the work is tedious, or this is work that is unpleasant to be. It is, it is something that uh, I've grown into. It is something that uh, I like. It is something that, uh, I don't know. It's almost
0: second nature.
1: <laughs> yes. But like, yes. I, I
0: suppose what I'm driving. I don't at feel is the drain of. Of hmm. yes, what what would be um, and the achievement for you, you know, in in Swahili palettes, they say, "Ukiwa umefika," you know, when you have arrived, when you feel like this can go down in in my diary as as my life's work. What is that for you? Since you do such important work, I mean, just looking at all the work that you have done. All of it is important, contributing towards legislation. You know, reviewing legislation, um, litigating on behalf of the state in matters whose value, numerical value, is you know extremely high. All of that is very important work. But for you, as Emmanuel Bitter, what is it? What is that thing?
1: My, it's difficult to judge now. I think those are those are that is something that I will decide after, after maybe I've left the office <laughs> and I'm, look, I'm looking backwards. Yes. That you reflect upon. Yes, my mindset now has always been a case by case. You know, like now I'm doing, I've got CBC coming up next week.
0: (laughs) Uh, We want to know (laughs) how how that comes along. Who's suing the state?
1: Uh, Mr. Harvey, the former president of LSK, and sued the state. Oh, wow. Yes, it's coming up for hearing uh, next week. So, and there's another work that I was working on, it's coming up in the Court of Appeal. It's a claim for about 2 billion shillings. Yes. So I, I handle it case by case.
0: <laughs> so you're a case by case guy. Case
1: by case. The things that make me happy now, like um, for example, if 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 I have a matter, there's a decision that we we had in the Supreme Court sometime early in the year. If I can get one judge to dissent, <laughs> if the case is going against us.
0: At least get one judge to say.
1: For me, it's a very big thing.
0: I think I saw some merit.
1: Yes, for me, it's, uh, it's a very big thing because the way I look at it is this. For one person from a bench of five, to choose to go against his colleagues based on your argument, mm. it means you have very profound arguments. Yes. For example, people who have read from uh, Lord Denning, mm-hmm. he had a lot of dissents from his colleagues. And uh, most of his dissents subsequently became the law. The, the, the parliament came and took and it. So me, some of those things make me happy because it means that you have a certain appreciation of the law that is so compelling to a judicial mind. For us, sometimes it's not really about winning or losing because it's a client. There are some cases that are just bad Mm -hmm. and you will lose it. The way I judge myself is if a decision has been made and I give that decision to the AG, if he is not able to tell me uh, that you will have done this better, then I have done my then bit. Then you're fine. You've done yes. your job. Yes.
0: Do you have a particular ethos about how you prepare for
1: cases? I have developed over time. Yes. In fact, this is um, one of my mentors. Uh, one of my mentors, in fact, Professor Githu did quite a bit on myself. And, uh, Professor Githu Gidu Mugai, Mugai former, Attorney former Attorney General of the Republic of Kenya. And uh, mm-hmm. also Mr. Fred Ngati. Mm-hmm. In fact, for Fred Ngatia particularly stands out because what happened is I was arguing a case. I was arguing a judicial review case before Justice Odunga mm-hmm. who was at the judicial review division at the time. Then when I finished, of course, I'm packing my stuff to go. And then this young man comes and says, hey, excuse me, senior wants to see you. And I say, which senior? He says, he's at the back there. So I go and I find this Mr. Mr. Ngatia. So Ngatia had a case Ongatya says, uh, young man, wait for me. Let me finish this case. I want to talk to you. So he went, he finished his Of course, I waited for him. Uh, he finished his case. Then he took me to Panafric mm-hmm. for tea. And he told me, he said, you guys, I heard you arguing. And I think you've got some material we can work on. So from that day, he told me that I was his project. Wow. So he, he mentored me for a period of, I think, a year and a half, where he would call me and tell me, this is how you do your case, this is how you prepare, this is what... So I benefited. (laughs) Excellent. I benefited from somebody who just picked me from the blue. And he said, I just want to make sure that I give you...
0: You know, by chance in court when you were arguing and listened to you and said, you know, I I think there's something here. There's um, some diamond in the rough. And and I want to to be part of um, um, sort of cleaning it up.
1: Yes. So he changed the way I argue. He changed the way I prepare and
0: excellent yes do you still keep in keep keep in touch yeah
1: sure i do uh, but now it's a little bit rare because his as his cases are mine yeah yes those are some of the things that shaped my the way i prepare for cases.
0: and an excellent story of mentorship yes do you have your own mentees
1: i do but it's a little bit difficult mm. because i what i find is many people are not patient mm. and um it's unfortunate because many of the young people they don't have an attitude of being told. They want their space to discover for themselves. Okay, it's, it's, it's not easy to to accept. And uh, sometimes you know people give me work, and uh, when I look at it, and maybe offer criticism, and I see their reaction. So you know you you live it, <laughs> mm-hmm. you, because it requires somebody who takes it in their stride, not. Based on uh that you're my boss. But in the sense of maybe you know how to do it better, I can I can learn from you, and it's very difficult. More from
0: m- more teacher, student rather yes, than yes. boss. I find subject. I
1: find many people are not are not open to it. The way the way like Mr Ngati was able just to pick me and tell me, hey, you guys, I think I'm going to talk to you, I'm going to take my time to." Is there there are very few people who would take that.
0: As as we draw to the um end of this interview, one of the questions that we love to ask people, because you're a person. Yes. Um, what do you do to let your hair down? All pun intended. <laughs>
1: <laughs> what do I do? <laughs> yes. I don't know. I don't think I have anything particular. I like music, I like watching sports, rugby, soccer, swimming, I like being with chatting with my kids, taking walks, I like walking. Mm-hmm. Because it makes me think a lot. Um I like reading. Yes, you seem to be very fit. Yes, and I like reading.
0: When you say reading, are we are we are we are we talking legal academic material or you know just general?
1: No, legal, I I I rarely read apart from work work instigated reading. Reading, yes. Yes, but I read general. I like literature, I like articles, economics. Yes,
0: sir, so you have been on my list of people that had really have liked to interview and today I can tick that um on my <laughs> list and say I, I I got to speak to you I got to interview you it has been such a pleasure and quite refreshing um the thing that I'm going to take away with me is that you're just an everyday person let's let's see how it pans out every yes, day yes. let's get better let's improve ourselves let's not get ahead of ourselves yes, yes. You kind of person <laughs> yes which is very interesting yes. Emmanuel Bita OGW MBS <laughs> soon to be I don't know what's the next one
1: I don't know I don't know oh, what,
0: there's, there's Moran of the Burning Spear there's CBS Chief of the Burning Spear yes and then yes so we wish you every blessing okay. thank you so much for taking thank the time to you. talk thank to us thank you for your time yes and to everybody who wants to um, take this path you you, you want to listen to this podcast Absolutely,
1: thank you. All right, thank
0: you. you. Excellence involves sharing of ideas. If you enjoyed this episode, share Winning at Law with your friends and colleagues. And you can find us on every major podcast platform. That's all for now.